So the cultivation of wisdom, panya. Wisdom is a natural feature of the mind. It may be even misleading to call it wisdom because it sounds so high and uh, lofty. So another translation is discernment, the ability to distinguish one thing from another, such as we can distinguish, you know, red from blue. So the saying is, wherever there's consciousness, there's wisdom. But consciousness has to be understood, and wisdom has to be developed. Um, so for, with this wisdom faculty developing it, uh, it's first of all to begin to understand uh, skillful from unskillful, in terms of mind development. This leads to suffering and stress, this leads out of it. This is the beginning of what we call right view. There definitely are qualities that are good, uh, beneficial, and qualities that are harmful. And they're not just the social judgments, they're real things, real qualities that lead the heart to brightness, clarity, happiness, or lead it to negativity, despair, bitterness, addiction, and so on. So this discernment between skillful and unskillful, ongoing practice, not just the preliminary practice, ongoing practice, as we get more uh, refined, we still see there are elements that we are in our behavior and our mind states that are just not leading in the right place. Um, you know, and there is a better. Sometimes you can't actually find the better or the power of the unskillful is, is, is too strong, but still you can recognize. You know? And then naturally when you recognize, you think, oh, what's needed here is some power. <laughs> to stop the mind doing this and to direct it some guidance and direct it somewhere else. So one also gets the wisdom of knowing there has to be some skillful means. Just just knowing that things are unskillful doesn't mean necessarily mean the mind stops doing it. Because <laughs> the knowing is still, it's there, but it hasn't got the strength to really cut through. So another kind of wisdom is wisdom of knowing, hmm, Looks like things are not ready yet. Uh, better develop some skillful means. And this, this is uh, very important uh, to keep that going as well, because you can feel, oh, I just can't do it. I just can't. Oh, my mind is no, no, not you can't do it. It's just you don't have the skillful means yet. But there could be. Try this and try this and try this, and it could take a while. At least it gives you the sense there's some faith that there could be a way, and there is a way, and maybe it just needs more persistence, more steady persistence, and more skillful restraint, and more kindly attitude. So you build up a sense of fundamental skillful means, such as those that restrain the mind, those that gladden the mind, and those that cause the mind to, to... penetrate deeper. So often though these can be many factors of uh, practice we can look at, but you can see basically the kind of efforts that we make are those that either check the mind from going in habitual directions, sense restraint, (coughs) so forth, (coughs) 
um, the idea of just of stabilizing the mind on a skillful object so it doesn't run off into its old ways. You can see this as the kind of restraint, the inner restraint that uh, uh, that leads to uh, samadhi. We're just not going there, and you don't go there, put there, and you keep doing that. And of course, the qualities of encouragement, such as loving kindness, patient acceptance, uh, you know, uh, and even shifting your attention to something more wholesome that will actually give you some support. Yeah. Because it's just, it is, uh, we're often dealing with uh, habits that have, every human being is born with. And, uh, you know, sense gratification, fear, uh, and so on, in the, in the, as they get developed, let alone what other, other events have occurred for us and what habits we've kind of adopted through not knowing, through ignorance. So one is wise about that. Uh, so uh, one of the, we look at samasati, you get samasankapa, which means really right approach, right attitude. You begin to discern attitudes in your mind that are uh, cruel, negative, harsh. And you say, just check, just, you don't have to, just pause, 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 wait, 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 just check it, check it. Is there another way to be a little more generous? Perhaps first of all, just the sense of acceptance. Doesn't sound like uh, very much, but it is the beginning of turning, turning the tide. You know, we can't go from utterly, you know, to, from bad to good immediately. We can go from bad to, well, that's bad. That's not good. At least we're knowing it. And then, that's not good. That's not good. And that quality of just patient acceptance. And, and then, don't, get, don't get lost in this. And then you bring up, you've got the room. If you've checked the pull of aversion or criticism or doubt, guilt, just just checking the chitta sankara, this activation of energy running out, just checking it even into neutral. Ah, when you get into neutral, that's that, that's that. Then you've got some possibility to feel another way, sense another way. When your mind is on fl- in fire, running out, you can't, think of, you can't think of any other way. Your mind is on fire. You can't, you can't, got no idea what water is. <laughs> just doesn't, at that time it doesn't know it. It's just completely embedded in it. So you just say, just, just stop, pull back from that. And you get a little bit of faith, you can check that. When you get some faith, you restore, you come back to the basic property of citta, of wisdom, discernment, feel a little cooler. And in that coolness, 
possibilities arise, suddenly you see things in a different light. Oh, yeah. I don't need to go that way. I don't need, I don't have to go that way towards self-disparagement, despair. I don't need to go that way. I've been that way a thousand times. I don't need to go that way. I can just be feeling unsteady, feeling uncertain, don't know what to do. Then, but what's needed now? What's needed now? What's needed now? Just a little bit of kindness. Okay. Okay. Everybody gets like this. Okay. You don't have to have a sudden remedy, but just be disengage from the, <clears throat> you know, that powerful rush of uh, afflictive energy, then you've done good. Just to disengage from it, you've done good. <laughs> yeah, you didn't act on it, that's good. That's very good. And then you're able to, to at least witness it, that's really good. Because yeah. then it's very unlikely you can act upon it when you see how ugly it is. Now you just got to rest in that knowingness. Let your mind come out of the shock of this powerful rush of emotion. The mind is shaken, it's, it's sick, it doesn't feel good. There's a bit of grounding in your body, body is this, feet are this, the back is this, the upright is this, the breathing is this. And the beautiful thing, once we come out, we come much more, more become something like a more neutral state, the jitter kind of perks up. Oh, well, yeah. Very good. A bit of mudita. Mudita, appreciation that you're able to pull out of a negative state. Mudita, very good. And just lifting, encouraging the heart. And then from that encouragement, the heart starts to, you know, find another way. This is quite natural. <clears throat> so the fact that we can witness a negative state is good. That's wisdom. The fact that we could slow it down, that's very good. That we can actually step back from it is very good. Because when that happens, and this is of course the so important hinge point of mind cultivation, just the fact that you can step back from it means that energy, that passion, that aversion, that fear, that worry, that's not you, is it? Otherwise you couldn't witness it. So this very important distinction between citta as the base of wisdom, openness, awareness, and citta sankara, which is the basis of movement, of rushing, of passion, of agitation, of you know something that moves, volitional quality. Even if it's good, you can still witness it, know it's good, but that's a volitional. It's got energy in it, it rushes out. And you want to come back to something 
that's more still and steady and open and neutral, dispassionate. So it becomes very important with negative states because they're just so painful. And then also you develop it even with skillful states. You can witness it, be aware of it. Because otherwise we tend to become righteous or feel, you know, I am great, I am good, why isn't, you know, I'm better than she is. Such a good monk. You know, we get these skillful states. We get fascinated by energies. We get fascinated by samadhi. We get fascinated by, you know, subtle mental states. You know, really great, really in this, you know. And then, of course, when it when that ends, as it does, we feel lost. Where did it go? I had this great state last retreat three years ago. It's great, and now I can't do it anymore. What's gone wrong? (laughs) Because you grasped it. (laughs) That's what went wrong. So it is, and even when we, you know, you know, do retreats, and you think, "Oh dear, we're coming to the end. I didn't get very far with this." You know, what can I take with me going back to the crazy world? Well, take your wisdom with you. (laughs) Uh, Wisdom is just the ability to know that's that. Check, pause, witness it, accept the presence of it. Don't get lost in it, accept the presence of it. And then pause, wait, relax, discharge that. Then what's then inquire? What's important now? Inquire. What's important now? So you pull out of a feeling of anger or despair towards yourself or towards others, and come to state. Oh, you know, it's really bad. Wow. Oh, this is terrible. Just, just stop. Everybody gets this. Stop just the disease, not self. <laughs> so it's like the patient comes up and he's, you know, come out of the car crash of life, he's all battered and bruised, reeling around, can't find his feet, oh, what a mess. No, you got out of the car crash, congratulations. Oh, I feel terrible, I feel terrible. <laughs> yeah, you feel terrible, but just, just take a few breaths. Oh, I feel horrible, all this pain, you know. Bruises, cuts, wounds, horrible. You know, just yes, it's like that. Take time. You'll heal. Just get out of that car crash and get your feet on the ground. It's a healing system. <clears throat> What's important now? Important now is to just take a break, rest, calm, goodwill, kindness. Steady, no demands, no high pressure. You can't get a, when you come out of a car crash, you don't expect to run a mile. Just the fact that you can stand upright is a miracle. <laughs> so appreciate that. You know, inquire what's important. So often, what's important is to have this quality of, you know, metta, karuna mudita, upeka. The mind feels fed, 
nourished by that. It picks up. Oh yeah, I feel a little better now. And its nature, when it feels better, it starts to become happy, and it starts to become loving, and we feel good. And then you see there could be skillful, and you can rest in that and, and take that in. Now you either have two responses, either you can do something, say something, make an offering, give something, share something, which is good, or you can also just take this good quality, the skillful state, take it right in. How does that feel, and how does your body feel with that? And how is it when you breathe into that? And let yourself drink it in, deeply, so it penetrates. And all the subtle bruises come out, and you heal those. And the nervous reactions come out, and you heal those. So you really clean and heal you know, your embodied citta. This really, this is what samadhi is about. Well, one thing it's about. But uh, it also means we have to be willing to, to really penetrate. Uh, yeah. And go deeper, because um, we also have... Uh, um, unskillful or tendencies that are not apparent at first. They're sort of buried beneath the surface. So it's just like, you know, you've been, re- you've been really sick, in a bad state, they give you some medicine, you feel, oh yeah, I'm okay, get back to work. Yeah. Not right now, you just give it another week. Oh, I feel good, I'm okay, no, no, just wait for another week. Then, ah, oh, other qualities come out. Yeah. Or you've broken your leg, you know, after a, you know, two, two or three weeks in plaster, they knock the plaster off, and think, oh, great, I can get back walking. No, no, you don't get back walking. You have to do some gentle exercise, build it up. Even though it's, you think you're strong, you're not. You've got to bring it back up again, take out where the tissues have been torn or the tendons and let them heal. And similarly, there are, uh, apart from the obvious um, defilements, <coughs> we have late, what are called latent tendencies, which are pretty much the same, but they're tendencies towards ill will, tendencies toward sense desire, tendencies towards conceit and becoming and views. And so these kind of murmur in the background. And you don't really notice them because they're not too bad. But... Wisdom is the understanding that, you know, when you do enter somewhere where you're a little bit clearer and you've got this ability to refer to things and witness them and and neutralize it and heal it, then let's go deeply into it. Now, the power of mindfulness is... uh, essential feature of this. So samasankapa and then the right efforts to to keep applying yourself and then right mindfulness. Samasati, you're going deeply in. And the qualities of mindfulness are really of, um, well first of all it's the ability to just stay with something, to bear something in mind. So it's a certain stabilizing 
effect because the mind tends to rush and scurry. So we linger, stay, 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 stay. You know? And you stay with something skillful. You have them bring up, you remember the meaning of teachings given long ago. You remember an essential quality. Uh, you remember, you have in mind a sense of just breathing in or breathing out or butto, you know, so you've got something that acts as your mooring post, your refuge place, your skillful reference point. So you bear it in mind, you build up that strength. And then <clears throat> that means that other, other factors can't get in. You build that up then thinking about your job or your career or da 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 da, that doesn't get in because you're holding this. And so that action has to be persistently undertaken to strengthen the holding power of sati and this holding on, this stabilizing power naturally tends towards what we call samadhi or concentration, the ability to stay with something that's not of course the only feature of mindfulness but it's a very important one it, it means we're not distracted and we stay with something but you want to stay with something skillful Otherwise, it just gets obsessive, saying something skillful. And even then, that it's not adequate. Uh, and sometimes this is where we get a uh, uh, slight error because most of us want to concentrate and calm down. We feel we just hold on and stay steady and that will do it. Well, it doesn't. It, you tend to get dull or sleepy or restricted. The, another very important reference of uh, way of looking at sati is it constantly re refers to something, so it's a little bit active. Yeah? And this activity, this dhamma activity, it refers to how is this? Yeah? So the stabilizing factor says just bear with it, stay with this. And then the referring aspect of sati says, how is it? How is it? What's it like? What's it like? What's it like? It's got this referring quality. And this eventually is where this factor called uh, Dhamma Vijaya occurs, or Sampajana is another way of, of defining it, describing it. It means you're sensing something. How is this? How is this? How, what's, what's it doing? How is it? Uh, this then means this this uh, feature of sati is uh, very important, and one has to keep uh, mentioning it because, of course, we do want to be calm, and uh, we'd like to be nice and stable and steady, and just be able to just get into a nice, steady, stable state, and then cruise. <laughs> The mind searches for security. It's one of its one of its fundamental characteristics. It searches for security, and it tries to find security in a particular thing. Obviously, this means things like a house, job, a part a relationship, you know, bank account. That's the way the ordinary person finds security. Trying to find a stable, secure thing, and this habit. Of course, it doesn't quite work because, as we know, you know, the house breaks down, the partner we have disagreements with, or they leave us, or this, da, 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 da. 
But we still search where it is. Oh, maybe meditation, I could find the stable, secure thing where I could just sit there and get there and feel good. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to go to one of those retreats where you can get it, you know? And maybe I nearly got it, but next one I'll get it. This stable, secure state that I, other people seem to have. They sit upright, looking stable and secure. I want to be like that. Yeah, and then I'll feel happy. Give me. <laughs> And you go, oh, pain in my legs, oh, no. Oh, pain in my back, oh, no, no, no. Thoughts in my mind, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I don't like the person sitting next to me, oh, no, I want to change, get out of here. Sit somewhere else where I can be stable, secure, and steady. Without that sound, that sight, that smell, that person, that feeling, where I can be nice and steady and secure. So you run around in circles trying to find this place, and eventually you might realize, there isn't one. <laughs> so you first really you get a good enough, good enough stability with some things you have to keep inquiring into, like how am I with that? How do I adjust my posture? How do I adjust my mental attitudes? Realize the body can only do this much. You know, sorry, it's not. <laughs> you can't say to a body, "Have no pain." Sorry, it doesn't work like that. You know, and you can't make a old body a young body. You know, it's like this. So, and then, okay, just so you've got to change your attitude. You, know, so you refer what's important now. I think you better change your attitude. A bit more generous. A bit more, you know, cooperative cooperate with the body, restrictions of the body, limitations, just a bit gentler, persistent. This referring quality, how is it? And even when we get settled, we do things, we do feel reasonably okay, you still want to keep this referring quality, like, what actually is here? What's this? And we come into direct experience. What's this? What's this? What's this? So even something like this very body, which even on the conceiving level, you can begin to think, actually, you know, this body which seems so solid and substantial, it's actually just water and bone and blood and hair stuck together, bits break off it. Skin flakes off, the nails chip away, the hair changes. You know, what kind of solid thing is this? Mm. Is it a thing at all? It's a, it's a stuck together of a r- number of things. Bits of intestine, and then there's a liver, there's a leg bone. It's got a skin bag around it, makes it look like it's a single thing, because actually it's many things. Uh, isn't it? You can consider this there's no, no solid thing there and with direct experience when you directly experience a body you know a body in the body as a body the way the body experiences it there's a quality of texture of something solid or reasonably solid different degrees of it 
There's a degree of warmth or coolness, that's part of it. <clears throat> There's various qualities of movement, such as breathing in and out, the main channel of it. And it's, uh, it's sensitive, it's, uh, it's like water, you touch it, it, sh- it shimmers and everything is connected to everything else. This is the water, so these are the elements. Earth, fire, air, water. And if you contemplate any one of those, you go deeper into it, this very quality of the earth element, which you can't get much more solid than that, actually it's, it's, it's it's changeable. The very nature of experience is just constantly flickering, pulsing. Rather like the lights on a television screen, it just if you look at it closely it's always got a slight throb to it. Now this is called insight. And you go right up to direct experience and you realize that there's no such thing as a thing. Everything is just pulsing, vibrant, flickering, shimmering. Uh, What body then? Is there a body at all? And actually in direct wisdom you can say body is just a way of describing something. There's actually just constant change in the elements. Nothing, you know. But this is the most solid thing we have. It's like this. And that's neither good nor bad, it's just true. This is an example of how you investigate But there is something more solid than um, the body, and it's called ignorance. <laughs> it's very tenacious. It just keeps weighing and sticking everything together and weighing us down. And it's, it's, uh, but we, even you contemplate the <laughs> quality of ignorance, it's always a, some. It's always you know uh, ignorant about this or about that or about this or about that. It's it's never really satisfied. We're always it's always saying it could be better. It isn't this. It isn't that. Why am I this? Where am I that? What am I? Who am I? Why am I? Yeah. Uh, it's it's constantly has to keep acting on something to keep going. And it acts in various ways. It acts in terms of. Uh, you know, uh, wanting, approving, liking things, or disliking things. Things are things, or qualities are qualities. Earth is earth. Whether you like it or don't like it is kind of irrelevant, really. It's just earth is earth, fire is fire, water is water, air is air. So, what do you need to make anything out of it for? It's like this. Then, then with that, the mind is very cool. It's just 
The ignorance has to keep talking. Has to keep commenting. Approving, disapproving, criticizing, hoping, aiming, wanting. Goes on and on and on. And this is dukkha. Ignorance is an activity of generating dukkha, generating stress where there needn't be it. So you see these tendencies, and the tendencies, the way it comes up, the tendency to um, believe in one's thoughts, because they always promise they'll take us to certainty. Just think this through and you'll get a clear idea of what to do. That nice, constant, clear state is just at the end of the thought. You get to the end of the thought and it's not. So you think another one and it goes on and on and on. But you're going to get there in the end. It's clear understanding of everything, nicely laid out, planned, with neat lines around it. There it is. It doesn't happen. Ah, oh, add a bit more detail. Still doesn't happen. Then <clears throat> one, there's a longing for that. I mean, some people are really gifted at producing maps and plans and spreadsheets, and, and it all seems very impressive. Wow, it's so clear, but it actually doesn't happen because something turns up late, or somebody does this, or that goes wrong, or the car breaks down, or it just doesn't actually happen. But for that moment when we see it, we think, oh, it's nice, it's clear, settled. That's it, it's clear and settled. It's going to start at 4, everyone will turn up at 3.30, it's going to start at 4, that's it. And then, of course, people don't turn up at 3.30. She missed the bus. Yeah, there was a traffic jam. He forgot what day it was. Da, 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 da. So it doesn't start at four. Then you get angry. <laughs> and you start to criticize people. Why are they so stupid? Why are they so lazy? Why can't they get it together? Why can't they be as good as I am? <laughs> it's got it all clear. Now I notice this, um, you know, this, this tendency I mean, not that I'm against these plans at all, because it's good to have some working model, but you realize you probably best to say, it's about that, and we'll try as best we can to make that happen, but just don't get caught in this, you know, we'll work on it, you know, because it's just the concept. You know, I always feel very you know, wary about making these things too fixed, because, you know, it's not going to happen. And someone's going to get disappointed, someone's going to get frustrated, <laughs> someone's going to start blaming somebody else, or blaming themselves for not having done a good enough plan. I just, look, it doesn't work. Once you get that, once you understand, it, sangsara doesn't work. That's why things are always going wrong. <laughs> have you noticed that? So let's just be a little more generous and just, you know, cooperative and do the best we can. So you look at these tendencies, these latent tendencies for, for solidity, certainty. Then we get views and opinions. 
which seems so good. I have this view, the cosmos is like this. I have the view that the world is like this. I have the view that women are like this. I have the view that, you know, Americans are like this. I have the view that whatever, whatever. It's always, you know, and then people are, they're conservative. That's, I don't like conservatives. These liberals don't like liberals, you know. These kind of things, you know, this tendency to want to be able to put people or things in little boxes <laughs> and then <laughs> got you pop, pop, pop. <laughs> uh, the, the, what, what can happen with that because it's very convenient <laughs> you want to watch out for that word convenient when you hear that word coming you know oh, oh. you know suffering is about to happen <laughs> how can it happen it's so convenient just wait <laughs> <laughs> You'll see it. It's so neat and tidy. Just wait, just wait. Wait for a little while before you start getting annoyed. <laughs> latent tendencies. They seem okay. And they sweep in. And then you find yourself in suffering again. So you notice these tendencies. And this is where, of course, it's... Uh, you know, we, we keep that quality of reference. What's happening now? You feel a bit of pressure building up. Some suffering's about to break here. The tsunami's coming in. About to cascade into views. Another stupid American. <laughs> or something like that, you know. Silly brainless women. <laughs> Something like that, you know. So you want to really explore when you get these tendencies, particularly about yourself. You dumb idiot. You know, the things we can call ourselves. You dumb, lazy idiot. You never get it together. The view of self, very powerful one. We want to nail ourselves down. If you can't nail yourself down as perfect, which it gets to be pretty impossible, then you nail yourself down as imperfect. <laughs> you think, oh, that's good enough. I just call myself imperfect. That's finished. But it's not enough because once you got to the imperfect, then you get into the details. <laughs> you start to, you know, the ignorance starts to give all the details of exactly what's wrong with you. You know, you're a control freak, you're paranoid, you're ungrateful, you're lazy, mean-minded, bad karma, you know, this kind of really good, strong picture of yourself. Now I got it. (laughs) So this tendency to views and opinions and conceit. So you want to watch out for these things whenever anything comes up like that solid you get a clear definition be careful nothing solid except well what's nearly solid is the power of ignorance so we have to keep our sati careful you notice that tendency check it investigate <coughs> and of course um, you know, we investigate 
the mind at any level, the mind's opinions, the mind's views, views of self, views of other. This is a very uh, rich area, uh, because it's quite easy, you know, you can see see yourself and other people. So this, this big one, you can refer to, well, you know, there she is. What do you think about her then? Oh, she's fine. Wait a minute. Well, she does wriggle a lot. She wriggles a lot. Yeah, yeah. She wriggles a lot. She's a wriggler. <laughs> Let's just dwell upon that. She wriggles a lot. She's a wriggler. She can't, obviously, she's too weak to bear any physical discomfort or totally distracted. Hopeless, useless meditator. She's a wriggling, hopeless, useless, distracted meditator. And she's annoying me. I came here to be quiet and still. I have to sit next to somebody who's wriggling all the time. Bad, probably sending out negative energies. <laughs> That's a little bit harsh, isn't it? <laughs> so you sort of build it up till you get it really nice and strong. And then you think, wow, that's where that one was going. <laughs> Let's just pause on that one. And then you've begun to see it. You kind of, like there's the exercise in, we do in Qigong is sometimes deliberately and progressively generating tension. You know, and then releasing it. So deliberately generating tension, you know, just by sustaining a posture. And then gradually releasing it. So the energy of release. And what that does is it doesn't just release the tension you've created, but also releases the locked tension that you didn't, that was already there. It's like the discharge pattern, the discharge channel is opened. It takes away both the stuff you deliberately created and also what you didn't deliberately create, the residue. So it acts as a drainage channel. So you deliberately build up a bit of tension and then deliberately, slowly, progressively release it. <clears throat> then it drains other areas. So this is what you can do with your mind. You, know? you get these tendencies to have views about other people, which first of all, oh, it's all right. I'll be tolerant. It's okay. But she's a wriggler. I'm tolerant. I'm okay with people who wriggle, because I'm, I'm, I'm better than that. <laughs> I never wriggle. <laughs> it all works. Bit conceited, isn't it? Now, come on, build it up. I am completely immovable, imperturbable, beyond wriggling. Wriggling would never go anywhere near me. When I was born, I didn't wriggle. <laughs> I'm never going to wriggle to the day I die. I am totally concrete. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and you feel that conceit. It's just right, there it is. Look how that is. Now, just who's that? It's conceited, pompous justified, self-righteous, and then just let it all go. You think, then you look to the wriggler and you say, oh, thank you, wriggler. <laughs> you give me a good chance to see my, my, my views and opinions. So this is what, uh, and of course, when you live in communities as I do, this is great, because you've always got an opportunity to judge everybody else. <laughs> And it's not just wrigglers, you know. 
Just people who turn up late. They always turn up late. <laughs> Their life is established on turning up late. And you're very tolerant, you're very tolerant. But they turn up late. But you're tolerant. It's okay. Then you start saying, he will bear the result of his actions. So you start becoming righteous. I'm beyond this, but he has to experience the results of his actions, turning up late, and feels a little bit puffed up, until one day you turn up late. <laughs> you know, you didn't have the alarm clock on, or something went wrong. Oh dear, turn up late too. But then of course, as you get uh, this tendency, yeah, comparing yourself with others, Someone likes to think, well, I'm just the kind of, you know, middle of the road, average, balanced, moderate, normal kind of person. That's who I am, normal, middle of the road, balanced, you know, sensible, fairly decent person, you know, like that. And you live in a community and you find you're not. <laughs> and you think, you know, well, why don't he shave his face? It's terrible. He's a monk. Disgraceful. His robes are sloppy. It's disgraceful. It's sloppy. Disgraceful. His speech is bad. It's not as good as I am. It's terrible. We're taught. His, look, it says here in the vineyard. Destroying the faith of the lay people. This isn't right. You start to not like me. I'm always, you know, I'm always clear, clean, good. Not like me, scruffy, scruffy, lazy, <laughs> scruffy, lazy, careless, no mindfulness whatsoever. And he's a monk. That's a disgraceful. Scruffy, lazy, heedless. And he's a monk. Disgraceful. And people like me are upholding the Sangha. We're upholding that this whole monastery is dependent on me and my virtue. And scruffy, lazy, useless, mindless people like that. And I'm, I'm bringing all the, all the good faith and generosity and to be wasted on scruffy, useless, mindless people like that. It's not anywhere near as good as I am. <laughs> I am pure. I am kind. Uh oh. <laughs> you think, oh. So you really, you know, bring it up and you, until it becomes very clear. You know, it's no longer buried. You, you bring it right up, you exaggerate it, it becomes very clear. Think, Why do I have to do that? You know, you don't have to have an opinion. Do you? You don't have to have a position. Hmm? So when we, uh, you know, we got some gifts or some clarity, and then you think, why can't people be clear like I am? Why can't they be punctual like I am? Why can't they turn up for things like I do? You know, and then this nagging thing starts going. So eventually, all you see other things that you find wrong with people. 
You know, that's all you see. You start to only see the things you find wrong with people. Your mind is going, grumble, 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 scruffy, lazy, unpunctual, doesn't work hard, and then on top of not people, not as good as I am. What am I doing here? Wasting my time with these useless, lazy, indolent people. You know, you only see that. It buries you in that. And it's this ditty and conceit is so mesmerizing. What do you need to do that for? Why do you need to do that? Why don't you just leave it alone and, you know, stabilize your heart? Why do you need to create people out of what are just sights and sounds and impressions? Why do you need to create absolutes out of what a conventional, you know, conventional arrangements? Of course, in uh, the monastery we have, we have a cat. The cat doesn't keep, well, it doesn't have bad speech. <laughs> but otherwise, it doesn't keep any precepts. It doesn't drink alcohol, but it's very bad on the first precept. Kills little birds, mice, it's a cat. Everybody loves it. It just lies around, doesn't do a single chore. Never, never serves or operates or cooperates with anybody. And everybody loves it. Sits in a little basket next to a radiator keeping warm. <laughs> well, the rest of us have to go out in the cold and sweep leaves. And everybody loves it. It's a cat. You know? And then you, know, you go into the office and some people being busy. Cat walks in. Immediately everybody's attention goes to the cat. And then you try and do some work, the cat sits, whatever you're working on, the cat decides it wants to sit on it. You have to take the cat off, because it needs to sit on your diary or your spreadsheet or something. This cat, every purr, oh, the cat, how come the cat got such an easy life? And I'm... <laughs> and you sort of see this, this, this is what's called... You know, it's, uh, because the cat represents, you know, comfortable, uh, you can stroke it, and it's tactile, and it's furry. It's just a simple thing like that. And it gets away with murder, just because of that. <laughs> and he goes and pees in the, ash, in the incense burner, or you've got to mop it up drags a dead mouse in and puts it on the shrine, you've got to clean it up. And it gets away with, you know, no monk would be tolerated who did that. <laughs> and yet we hate the monks and love the cats. <laughs> this is how crazy ignorance is, you know. Just his mind gets fascinated or by some detail or disapproves of some detail, finds fault with this and that rejoices in this and that, you know, and it just 
dispassion, you know, come back to the neutral, uh, neutral place. Mm-hmm. Things, all we know about things is they shift and change and there are resonances, agreeable, disagreeable, disagreeable, agreeable, pleasant perceptions, looks nice, smells nice, seems cuddly, seems, be careful, <laughs> you know, be careful. Your mind rushes out into those and then you're on track. Yeah, and suffering's not far away. Once you find the agreeable, then you see. Once you find the agreeable and hold on to that, you'll see the disagreeable. Yeah? This is the bit that isn't fitting into the agreeable. This is comfortable. This is pleasant. My health is good. I've, I've, you know, my health is good. I'm okay. So I'm starting to find fault with her. <laughs> You know, my body doesn't hurt anymore, feels really good, feels comfortable. I start to find fault with my memories, thoughts. Once you find the agreeable, then you can start finding the disagreeable. So the agreeable itself is something to be cautious with. There it is, it's the agreeable, don't let it take over your mind. There's the disagreeable, don't let it take over your mind. Withdraw. Notice. Agreeable, disagreeable, that which we feel praise for, that which we feel isn't worthy, withdraw, careful, careful. This is wisdom, to know that, and to know that it doesn't mean there isn't the agreeable, it means you don't have to go into it, that you're really okay, you just staying in that open space. Of course, this is something that may sound interesting theory. Most of us have to spend a bit of time practicing and witnessing the results of, you know, how convincing the disagreeable perception can be. He's lazy, he's stupid, he da, 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 they didn't do that, she's a regular, she's lazy, he doesn't work. Very convincing. But but you realize how active ignorance has to get to keep it going. And that's often the, the thing to notice, just why does it have to get so active? Because it can only stay there if it keeps getting more and more active. You try and find some calm ignorance, <laughs> and it, you know, it gets very active. What happens if you just release the activity? perception fades mind isn't engaging the sankhara is being deactivated the activity of the chitta is being turned down and then we return to pure chitta knowing awareness open steady This is where security could be. It could be this. Oh, this could be the secure. 
because it's not in the world of change. It's not lit up with passion and distaste, changing phenomena. It's not creating entities that keep shifting and changing. It doesn't require activity. It's not active. Maybe this could be that quality, that place that something in me yearns for, the secure, the peaceful. But it's not to be found in the conditioned, in the going out to the good or the bad, but in staying dispassionate, withdrawn, noticing there the formations, the sankharas begin to deconstruct, dissolve, show their true nature, pulsing, vibrant, tingling, and gradually throbbing, waning, ceasing. Oh, don't need it. You don't need it. Relinquishment. Mm-hmm. And then to realize that is the fulfillment of wisdom we notice as this. This is where the constant secure is. So when we uh, wish to cultivate wisdom or develop it, then using sati we keep establishing it, using it to refer to the qualities of experience rather than just there being an entity What's this entity made of? If it's a body, it's made of pulsing energies and sensations. If it's an opinion about a person, it's made of all kinds of pieces of information and stories and memories and comparisons. If it's an opinion about yourself, it's made of various kinds of memories and fragments and sounds and impulses and emotions. Where's the solidity in that? If it's a desire, it's made of constant rushing on towards images, visual images, fantasies, it's constantly rushing. Where's the solidity in that? Where's the permanence in that? Uh, So we keep referring to things as they actually are in direct experience. Play with it. Be someone who's courageous enough to play with those either tendencies, you know, bring them out. You know, you feel angry, I want to strangle her for wriggling. I'd like to, <laughs> ruining my life. <laughs> I, think, hmm, I think that's a little bit extreme, isn't it? <laughs> so you, then you can see that and you are. Oh, who am I talking about? I'm not talking, I'm just talking about what? I'm talking about disturbance. Not a person at all. And the disturbance is happening here. Not there. Why don't they just relax? Withdraw. Oh. Hmm. Thank you, Wriggler. <laughs> Letting me see that and then relaxing. This is this is what was disturbed, not her. But this, so referring and recognizing the true nature of where the agitation, the suffering is created, constructed in this very 
confusion of citta and then supervised by wisdom leading to liberation conditions rightly held formations dhammas rightly held liberation is their core is the phrase liberation is their essence because they by themselves naturally present truth to you then you can reside in that open steady clearness clarity that is uh, the only fundamental thing we can find <laughs>